0: Georgia's DBHDD has an urgent health warning. One of every 10 counterfeit pills contain fentanyl, a powerful and very deadly drug. Pills from friends or dealers are unsafe, and one pill can cause an overdose. More info at opioidresponse.info.
1: Thanks for being with us for another edition of Political Rewind, I'm Bill Nygut. Today we are going to continue our coverage of the Republican National Convention, uh, which finished, of course, its third night last night. Tonight's the climax when President Trump will give his acceptance speech and accept the nomination uh, for president for in his effort to uh, secure a second uh, term for his administration. Uh, we did this last week. Just to remind everybody, spent uh, the week uh, covering the Democrats, giving a lot of Democratic voices an opportunity to uh, get out their message. And this week we are uh, enjoying giving a chance to Republicans uh, to do the same thing. When I say enjoying, I think I'd better be careful because I have to say it's becoming increasingly clear that in the weeks ahead of us, and certainly we're seeing it already with our convention coverage, uh, your passions have never been higher in terms of how you feel about uh, politics and your own side. So before I introduce the panel, I thought I'd share with you, we got lots and lots of messages, emails to me, lots of postings on Twitter and our Facebook Live page, mostly in regard to our show yesterday when Congressman Buddy Carter, uh, Republican congressman, was on and Democratic State Representative Scott Hokum were on. So I I thought I'd give you a little sample of what we were hearing from people On Facebook Live, Juanita Butler put up this message. Why is Scott, meaning Scott Holcomb, on this show? He's not being honest in his comments. That's not what this show is about. Um, At the same time, uh, um, uh, I got an email from uh, someone who I'm not going to identify simply because when you email me, I think uh, protecting your name, unless you tell me I can use it, is something I should do. Bill, I've been listening to your show for years. I would start my new day, my news day with your show. But today, with your guest, Buddy Carter, it turned my stomach. You don't need to give these hypocrites, racist hypocrites who defend everything Trump does, airtime. So apparently we're too conservative, giving too much voice to conservatives on one hand and too much voice to Democrats on the other. And then finally, this email, Mr. Niget. as I listen to you, I understand you are politically liberal. I understand that NPR is obviously liberal, but without sufficient moral strength or character to actually admit it. And this person goes on to talk about how he felt we distorted uh, the way in which we framed certain issues in the news uh, to make sure that we got a liberal uh, message out there. Uh, Also on social media yesterday, a couple of you complained that they wish I'd do more fact-checking, whereas uh, some other people said, thank goodness Bill is fact-checking what he's hearing from his guests. So welcome to the world of uh, passionate, partisan uh, politics and hearing the things that you uh, Believe are being said, um, and that'll continue all the way through the election, and we know that. So let me welcome our panel. It's Thursday, which is a day my partner on the show is the editor of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Kevin Riley. Kevin, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for being with us today.
2: As always, it's good to be here, Bill, and I'll just tell you that your email uh, sounds a lot, uh, reads a lot like mine. Uh, We have done uh, exactly the same amount and exactly the same placement of coverage uh, between the two conventions. But I do hear from people who are convinced we have picked a side. So uh, we'll keep at it uh, both on this show, uh, and I know you'll keep at it, and we'll keep at it at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution every day trying to uh, be fair, uh, check facts, and give uh, people information that's really worth knowing.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do it. Look, I mean, I I said it. People listen with passion. People feel passionately about the Republican cause or the Democratic cause. I get that. And so sometimes that passion uh, leads them into thinking they're hearing us taking issue with what they believe. Maybe that's sometimes true. I hope most of the time it's not. In any case... Uh, Jackie Gingrich-Cushman is with us today. Jackie, of course, is a conservative writer. She's an author. Her most recent book really is perfect for what we just talked about, Jackie, Our Broken America, Why Both Sides Need to Stop Ranting and Start Listening. That You ought to put out a special election audi- uh, edition of this book, Jackie. How are you doing?
0: Well, um, I'm great, and thank you for having me on. And, yes, I wish more people would read the book, not only for me, but I think it's really important in our country to be able to have an opinion and to be able to discuss it, but also to be able to listen to people who have different opinions as well.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, we should uh, tell everybody, you just sent your second child, Robert, off to college. You are now officially an empty nester, and you look pretty happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so far, so good, and I'm just hoping he stays away for a while and doesn't get home, because he get sent home. Um, because of the pandemic,
1: but so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, let's let's hope that doesn't happen. We're also <laughs> glad to have with us today Theron Johnson. He, of course, is the senior advisor to the Joe Biden campaign here in Georgia and the founder and CEO of Paramount Consulting, which does uh, government relations work. Theron, you're also a new dad. You're not going to be an empty nester for a long time. How's your baby, Theron? <laughs>
3: Tyson is doing well. Thank you for asking, Bill. I and mean, last time I was on with Jackie, I said we were planning this party at our house. So, Jackie, you're going to have to honor that commitment. We're going to do a party at, soon at your house. So, absolutely, distance, course, Absolutely.
0: Outside social distance. <laughs> Got it.
1: All right. Um, Thank you, Theron, for being here. Uh, Jason Thompson is with us, uh, too. You know Jason's wife, Julianne. She has been a frequent panelist on Political Rewind. Jason is a Republican national committeeman, which is one of the most prestigious positions you can uh, have as a civilian in uh, either the Democratic or Republican Party. Jason, you're an attorney in Gwinnett County um and uh you told us right before the show you're you're a litigator and have done a good amount of criminal uh work. Uh you're also coming to us from Washington because you've been invited to be on South Lawn of the White House today uh tonight to watch the president give his acceptance speech. Yep. Yeah.
4: That's right. I'm literally in my hotel room right now. Uh, and uh I'll be I'll be going to that tonight and and I and I look forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. Um the uh, buttering up with the prestigious thing, I can see how that's going. You're going to start hatcheting me in just a second, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's Theron, my Democrat, Democrat Theron Johnson, being a national committeeman is a pretty big deal, is it not? (laughs) That's
3: a huge deal. No, congratulations. And uh, we've never met, but I'm a big fan of your
2: wife. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) All right. Let's get right to the show uh, and talk about last night. Um, the, the star of the evening, arguably, was Vice President Mike Pence, who gave a, a, a major speech. Um, and we should talk a little bit about what the content of that speech was. Let's start by playing just a little of what he had to say. Here he is.
5: My fellow Americans were passing through a time of testing. But in the midst of this global pandemic, just as our nation had begun to recover, We've seen violence and chaos in the streets of our major cities. President Trump and I will always support the right of Americans to peaceful protest. But rioting and looting is not peaceful protest. Tearing down statues is not free speech. And those who do so will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. So let me be clear the violence must stop, whether in Minneapolis, Portland or Kenosha. Too many heroes have died defending our freedom to see Americans strike each other down. We will have law and order on the streets of this country for every American of every race and creed and color.
1: Vice President Pence in his speech last night. Kevin Riley uh, can't help But remember my days as a college student in 1968 when uh, Richard Nixon was running for president and law and order was the major theme of his campaign because there were protesters in the street protesting the Vietnam War. It's clear, and it has been for some time now, that law and order, Kevin, is going to be one of the most important themes Republicans will take with them through Election Day
2: i I think that's really become clear especially at this convention bill um of course it's worth remembering that uh, Nixon wasn't running as an incumbent during that race uh, so uh, it's it's interesting to uh, see this and then the reference to too many heroes have been struck down in the speech I thought was odd just because the people who died in Kenosha have not been on the law enforcement or other side um, so i I think it's We're seeing between these two conventions two very different views of what's going on in the country and very different views of why it's going on.
1: So, um, Jason, uh, I think Kevin just made an interesting point. Uh, President Trump and Vice President, I mean, President, uh, 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 yeah, President Trump and Vice President Pence have been in power now three and a half years. It does feel a little unusual that they seem to be running campaign as challengers who can't wait to get to the white house so they can do something about the violence that they have seen unfolding on the streets is isn't it within their purview to have done something about this already
4: actually it's within the purview of the streets that are burning across america by the democrat mayors okay so this violence that's going on it's all it's all in cities where there's democrats so you want local control? You, there it is. And President Trump has said time and time again, "Hey, I'll help you. I'll send National Guard, whatever you need. I'll, I will help you." And they're just <laughs> blowing them off. So it's on these local local mayors. Let me tell you something. When I was at the uh, when I was in Charlotte, I ran into Mike Lindell. You know, my pillow guy. He was, first of all, a great guy, really, really friendly guy. But he was telling me how he knows all these Democrats in Minneapolis that are going to vote for Trump because they're sick and tired of what Democrat leadership in these cities like Minneapolis are doing. And my understanding that Lake Street, if you're familiar with Minneapolis, it goes from the river all the way through the heart of Minneapolis, mm-hmm. is in ruins. And all right, so- needs to be rebuilt.
1: So, so, but again, so, Theron, um, the the president, the president, and now uh, Jason Thompson say this is the responsibility of Democratic mayors in Democratic cities. Many of the cities, in fact, are run by Democrats. But, but again, I ask the question, Theron: um, What will the president do differently if he wins a second term that he couldn't already be doing now, despite the fact that he believes the problem is Democratic mayors in in American cities, Theron?
3: Yeah, you know, Bill, the, the president is not going to do anything differently. Um, the president has to admit that he is not all, um, he's not the only person that we can blame um, for this, this chaos and this violence that we're seeing going on in our country. But he definitely plays a role. And he plays a role even back before um, this event. He plays a role in this or how he did not step up to the plate. And bring the country together when we saw the violence in Charlottesville. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, Bill, this is what Republicans want. They want to see violence uh, going on in this country. Uh, You know, Vice President Pence offered no words of condolence (laughs) or even recognition of Jacob Blake in his speech last night. That would have been a perfect opportunity for him, someone who we think is a more mild, uh sure flavored person when we look at what some of the things that donald trump has said now this is a man who was shot in the back seven times by a white police officer and this whole spin by republicans saying that it's happening in democratic-led cities by mayors is it's just again another republican talking point to blame it on those democratic leaders what we need to be talking about is how are we going to make sure we change the culture and the fabric within our police department to make sure that those officers, not all, but the ones who do what we just saw on national television, have the proper training and can deal with a situation like we saw with Jacob Blake. It should not result to an innocent, unarmed black man being shot seven times in the back. And so, you know, when I hear them talk about... Sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, So, I I think Bill was transitioning to me. So, Theron, um, first of all...
1: I apologize. Yeah,
0: been, that's okay. We've been friends for a long time there, but I, and I do take um, for you to say that Republicans want to have violence. You, you know I'm a Republican and, you, and I think you know that I don't want violence in the streets. So um you know, I, I'd just I'd like, you know, you to think about how you frame things and and lumping people together regardless of whether they're in a party or not. Clearly, I do not want violence in the streets. So for um for you to say that I think it needs you but, need but to think about that. Hold on, hold, so, hold on.
3: So if you don't Hold on. Let me just ask you a question. I'm not. If you don't want violence, then what do you want? What, what do okay, we go from here? Because Vice President Pence did not tell us tell you. last night. He didn't okay, tell us last right. night. I want you to tell us what do we go for here? Because Vice President Pence didn't tell us that last night.
0: Okay. All right. So let let's ta- Jackie so let respond. Talk. Thank you. So um, I, think, I think he actually was very articulate, Vice President Pence was. He said that you could vote. And I think this is true. I think, unfortunately, in politics today, all okay. too often, things are framed as you have to be this or that, when really, in most of the in most of life, and in fact, in our world today in politics, we need to be this and that. So, for instance, let me be very clear. I think it's possible to both support the police, right, and the police and make sure that they have the funding and the training. Clearly, I do not, nor do I think Republicans want police to be ill-trained or to use excessive force or to do things that aren't proper. Um, I believe that. And I think you can also say, at the same time, you want to make sure that people are given equal opportunity and, and are able to succeed in America. For instance, my husband and I are big supporters of the Atlanta Police Department. We have taken food repeatedly down to the different, to several different zones. We have worked there. We have worked with them. We have donated to their causes. We also, on the opposite of hand, we work at our house, which is a homeless shelter for newborn babies and their children, and which is predominantly African-American. But we, I think you can do both. I don't think we have this, this or that. I think Americans are actually really smart, and they can do both things. But we have to be able to work together and to be able to talk honestly.
3: All
1: right. So, Bill, uh, Jason, let me get you back. I respond uh, real yeah, quickly. Go, right. and, yes, yeah, and Jackie real quickly. and our, our friends,
3: but this is why we got to have this very real conversation. Jackie, what you didn't say was, to me, the, the most – crucial point in what we're dealing with in our country right now. You've got to have this honest conversation on this radio station. The problem is, Jackie, and I know you believe this in your heart, and I'm sure Jason does as well, what we saw, an unarmed black man who broke up a fight, shot in the back seven times, no one is mentioning that. And in, this is the thing you got to understand, we have a problem in this country because there are people, men and women, who are on the police forces all over the country who wake up every morning and do their job. And I thank them for that. And they put their lives on the line. But what we saw in, 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 in Kenosha is not what we want America to do. And so my thing is you've got to denounce the, the shooters, and you also got to denounce the, the, uh, the white young man alleged who killed two, two peaceful protesters. And so until you want to talk to me about the white officers shooting the unarmed black man and the white protesters killing innocent um, protesters by protesting, by carrying an assault rifle, then we can't really have a conversation about where we go from here until we really talk about what's really going on. Uh,
1: All right. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Theron. Um, Jason, let me get you back in here. Um, I, I think the question may be that whether you're talking about the Republican convention this week or the Democratic convention last week, both parties have taken some some criticism for being short on rolling out policies, issues that they want, solutions to issues that they are ready to propose uh, to voters. Both parties. uh, That happened with the Democrats last week. It's happening this week uh, with the Republicans. Uh, We know, for instance, the Republicans chose not to uh, to vote on a platform, to write and vote on a platform, but instead to endorse four more years of President Trump's great leadership. No, so no, no, no. I'm hearing from from wait, wait. Let me finish and then please talk. I'm hearing from a lot of people out here who are saying to me, "We want. We're hungry to hear what solutions both parties are offering." Does that make sense to you, Jason? Uh, no, because uh, two
4: things. First of all, the platform. This is I've heard this a lot from uh, uh, different, uh, different, different media uh, across the board, uh, especially liberal media, progressive media, that the Republicans decided not to do a platform. That they're just going along with whatever Trump said. Actually, that's not because of our rules. We couldn't get—the we, we, platform committee couldn't meet, be, you know, because we had to do this thing mostly virtually. So we basically were adopting the 2016 platform, which is quite voluminous. You can go online and look the thing up. But as far as um, things uh, being done, as far as reforms, President Trump's done this. Governor Deal's done this. First of all, we had uh, uh, the first step act where thousands of people have been released from jail and they should have been I've been a criminal defense attorney for over 20 years now and I a lot of these crimes people shouldn't be a lot of them are black and brown people too 90 percent of these folks that were released of these thousands were fall into that category and a lot of these people shouldn't have been going to jail for a lot of these things so he's been doing a lot of this but He's also been talking about police reform. He's not talking about defunding the police. I think there needs to be, personally, some sort of reform. I really do. Uh, it's, I, I see too, much, too many weapons being used versus hand-to-hand type of stuff, you know, and, and uh, I know if you go for training, um, uh, you know, where you're taught to shoot instead of, you know, it's, it's a center mass type of thing. I think there need to be some reforms that are done here, obviously with police. But as far as like this, this, this the kid in or kid young man in Wisconsin um, that was shot. Obviously, no, nobody should be shot that many times, and especially in the back. But uh, I think there's probably more to this that we need to look into. The whole video. As an attorney, I always want to see all the evidence.
1: All right. mm-hmm. All right. Um, Kevin, let's, there's a lot to pick up on. Real quickly, uh, Jason, you talked about uh, liberal media that has talked about the Republicans not having a platform. The National Review this week said in a, an, an editorial, the Republican Party, and certainly the National Review is a conservative publication, the Republican Party should stand for something. How can the party ask voters to give it the power to act on its principles and policies if it can't be bothered to say what they are. That's a that's a conservative national review. It's not just liberal publications. Kevin.
2: Yeah, Another thing I think we've we've got to be clear on is the um, and again, I, I kind of come back to uh, some of what I think Jackie uh, had, had talked about with it's not being either or um, Republicans are saying the possibility of reforms for police and then people will say, "Hey, the Democrats want to defund the police." Biden has not has not said that. I mean, he, he is also on the side of more funding uh, reforms, and and I do think that it, it's very hard to look at what's going on today, and you know, to pick up a little bit of what Darren said and and say, "Look, it, no one is against the uh, idea of reforms with police because of what's happening," but but no one's for. Uh, young African-American men being shot in the way that they have been. So um, I think we've got to be very wary of this defund the police thing because no one who is going to have great influence on that is actually arguing that that should happen. Most wise people who will have influence are going to say we need reforms.
1: Jackie, is it the case that uh – Each party is playing to the people who are their base uh, and in that respect so that Democrats are going to be criticized for not being as uh, outspoken last week in uh, paying allegiance to law enforcement. Although I think they did some of that. Uh, They're going to be accused of being more sympathetic to the protesters in the streets. Uh, to uh, tugging at the heartstrings of people who are victims, uh, because they think their base wants that. Republicans, we know they're running on a law and order uh, uh, platform this time around. So, I mean, it's really a question of how how the parties are framing their messages to what they think are their base voters, isn't it, Jackie?
0: Well, I think it's um, more a function of how media talks about their platforms than what they actually say. If you listen to, to Vice President Pence's speech, he actually talked about. The right to peaceful protest. We believe in the right to peaceful, peaceful protest. Going through and setting things on fire and breaking um, windows, and we had it here in Atlanta a few months ago. We had right. That's not peaceful protest. That that's riots. And so I think again, we have to be able to say that you know no, absolutely should should the shooting be investigated with with. Um, The the young gentleman, the young black gentleman in Wisconsin, absolutely. It needs to be investigated. All the information should come out. Do I think that – I mean, we need to know what happened, and we need to make sure that justice is served. But at the same time, as as people protest about that, which they are welcome to do, they should not be protesting violently. They should be protesting peacefully.
1: Uh, Theron, uh, you heard last night a number of speakers, and throughout this convention, and we'll hear it through the campaign – that uh, Joe Biden uh, believes in defunding the police. In fact, the Trump campaign has, a, has an ad out, as I'm sure you're aware, that when asked if the police should be defunded, he said, yes, absolutely. He hasn't spoken out uh, in support of the police. Let's just listen to some sound from Joe Biden on this very subject.
4: You know, as I said, after George Floyd's murder, protesting brutality is a right and absolutely necessary. But burning down communities is not protest. It's needless violence, violence that endangers lives, violence that guts businesses and shutters businesses and serve the community. That's wrong.
1: Okay, so that, I'm sorry, that's not the defund the police uh, uh, soundbite, but we'll get to that. But he has, Jason, uh, first you, Theron. He, certainly the vice president in any number of interviews has uh, condemned those who claim he wants to defund the police. Yes, there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, most Democrats believe, and I believe, that we cannot defund the police. Just even using the term defund is is wrong, and and, and I refuse to um, be sort of looped into that category because we want to strengthen the police department and, and other things. But, you know, first of all, I, I want to make sure that we understand that we want to call his name. You know, his name is Jacob Blake. And I know that all of our panel have seen enough television where we can remember those two words. And then secondly, Bill, the thing that really, again, about Vice President Pence acknowledging that he supports peaceful protesting, we get that. But again, a moment that I think he missed is that peaceful protesters, two of them, should not be shot by an armed young white man while peacefully protesting. And so I think we got to make that clear distinction. And then the other thing is, yes, there are people who set out to vandalize buildings, but the overwhelming majority of people who are out in the streets of Kenosha and all over the country now are people who are peacefully protesting. And so I think we can't just immediately go straight to the violence without acknowledging the peaceful protesters who are doing it the right way. But also we've had two of them who were just murdered. And again, that's where I think the opportunity is missed for Republicans at this convention.
1: Jason, do you accept what Theron is saying, and that that a lot of people are saying, that most of the demonstrating that's going on in this country is peaceful, and that, yes, there are some anarchistic elements that are, in fact, uh, uh, behaving violently in the midst of what are mostly peaceful demonstrations. Do you accept that, or do you think that's not correct?
4: No, it's not correct anymore. Look, I'm, I'm in my hotel room right now in D.C., and I can look out the window, and the, and the building across the street is all boarded up, all right? every You know, within blocks of the White House right now, all the buildings, federal buildings, restaurants, CBS, everything is boarded up. Why? Because tomorrow they're expected basically for this to basically be blown apart, okay? And then Republicans that are marching or protesting— and really, what's going to happen is riding. Uh, a cab driver's I talked to even told me that these riders that were here before said we're coming back in August. We can't wait to come back, and they're going to they're going to destroy the place.
1: And uh, right, I got to get sad. to a this break. This isn't but... the
4: nineteen sixties uh, uh, protests. This isn't like we heard from last night, Clarence Henderson, This peaceful sit-in. This isn't Martin Luther King and John Lewis. These are folks that want to destroy. Buildings, everything—the fabric, fabric
1: of our society. All right, Jackie. So Jason now equates protesters with rioters. There is no difference between them right now. I'm not sure. I believe that that is a broadly accepted view, even by a lot of, even by some Republicans.
0: Well, I'm, clearly there is a difference, but I think the earlier point is, unfortunately, it only takes a small portion of these people to turn things violent. And if they aren't stopped, then unfortunately it becomes a very nasty, dangerous place where quite frankly, people will end up moving out of the city, businesses will close and people will suffer for a very long time.
1: Jason, get in the last word before we've got to take a break.
4: I'm not saying that all protesters are rioters. Obviously we have a right under the first amendment to peaceful assembly. Uh, But at this point, a lot of the stuff going on is just rioting.
1: All right, um, we got to take a break right now. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll do that when we return on Political Rewind. AJC editor Kevin Riley, Republican National Committeeman uh, from Georgia, Jason Thompson, conservative writer and columnist Jackie Gingrich Cushman, and uh, senior advisor to the Biden campaign in Georgia, Theron Johnson are with us on the show today. A few minutes ago, I was hoping we were going to play a soundbite with um, uh, Joe Joe Biden talking about defunding of police, which which the Republicans are going to use against him. They've already got an ad saying he wants to do that. Instead, we played a soundbite in which he refutes the notion that he hasn't ever condemned violence in the street. Let's now very quickly listen to Biden on whether the police should be defunded.
0: You've seen the Black Lives Matter painted on that street just outside the White House. Some demonstrators added equals defund the police. Do you support defunding the police?
4: No, I don't support defunding the police. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and
1: honorableness and, in fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community. So he's talking about police reform, and, Theron, I thought it was interesting that we just heard Jason Thompson said he agrees with that. This is a moment of agreement among all of you on this show today. Uh, Biden wants police reform, and he has some very specific goals for how to do that. Theron?
3: Absolutely, and I'm glad you played that clip because this whole notion that Vice President Biden um, supports defunding police is just blatantly false. We all agree that we need to take a deep dive into some of the culture and some of the sort of fabric of our police department, because what we're seeing, Bill, and I keep going back to this. I know I sound like mm-hmm. a broken record, but I'm the only black man on this uh, show today. It's I am tired of situations that happen in our country. I have now seen multiple ones in the year of 2020, even right here in Georgia, where officers are not able to detain or to just, you know, de-escalate a situation without an innocent, unarmed black man or black woman being shot and murdered. And so, I think at the end of the day, Republicans and Democrats are coming together to talk about police reform, but where I think we differ is how do we get there? And I think Democrats are saying, guys, we've got to stop and really pause and realize that there is implicit bias. In our criminal justice system, there is systemic racism in our criminal justice system. And, with, and until we actually acknowledge that it exists, and then we get around the table to figure out how we're going to move forward, I think that's the difference in where we are with Republicans. Where we're hearing from Republicans, it's just law and order, law and order. And you just heard Jason um, have to come back and basically clarify, because he was going down a trail basically saying that uh, these hundreds of thousands of peaceful protesters all around the world, not just in D.C., are are, are and that's just blatantly false again. And so again, we just gotta really have an open and honest conversation and leave the partisan talking points and the tribalism uh, outside of the room when we're trying to figure out how do we move forward as Americans.
0: Well I do think Well um, Theron, point. Do,
1: let's be honest, Democrats have talking points too, but go ahead, Jackie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just saying no Theron, I think we all agree here on this on this show that clearly the shooting of um, Jacob needs to be looked into um, Jason's an attorney, so he's like, let's get all the facts before we do anything. But I think we clearly need to look into that. We clearly are talking about police reform, and Jason did clarify that um, no, clearly not all protesters are violent. But unfortunately, when you have a few violent protesters, it turns into a terrible event. But I do want to just I want to pivot a little bit. I think it's really important this week that we do spend some time talking about the Republican National Convention and the, and the what's happened this week, especially last night. I want to talk about. Um, Kellyanne Conway and Laura Trump and the women that we saw get up and really talk about President Donald Trump. And it's interesting because, you know, last week's convention on the Democratic side was all about I know Joe and Joe's a, a great guy. And that's been kind of the attacked in terms of let's turn this into a, you know, talk about elegance and, you know, and, and the right character versus Trump. And this is kind of the, the opposite side for Trump, right? He has people standing up, Kellyanne Conway, who I know personally, and have worked with. She was a pollster during my father's presidential campaign. Stand up and talk very eloquently about working with President Donald Trump and um, and what that means to her. So I think it's important that people actually listen to people that know him, in addition to just listening to what the media says about him.
2: I got to jump in there, Jackie. Uh, Kevin, since I'm a media guy, <laughs> um, and just ask. I mean, we have very smart uh, political people on this call, is it a good strategy to sell our president as a heck of a nice guy that you just don't get to see? Because I think many of the things people see and know about him, setting aside how media might represent it, is he's out there himself live, uh, saying things. So I just want to, I don't want to get it deep into, you know, what and Conway said and whether it was true or not. And, and same with Kaylee McKinney. I mean, you know, we could, that stuff's all being fact-checked. And I do think some of what they had to say, uh, about policy isn't, and wasn't accurate, but I want to know what the campaign and political strategists on this call think about selling our current <laughs> president as a heck of a nice guy, you just don't get to see them because the media doesn't represent them that way.
1: Jason?
4: Well, I wanted to respond to from before. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about what's systemic in our law, let's go back to Joe Biden. You know, he was responsible for this 1986 provision, uh, uh, which is basically a crack law, which came to be viewed as. One of the most racially slanted sentencing policies on record uh, treated crack cocaine significantly worse than powder cocaine, and ended up disproportionately punishing African Americans and sending them to prison. And it, you know now it's guys like President Trump and and before that and you know Governor Deal talking about uh, uh, criminal justice reform. It's Republicans that have done that and been Democrats.
2: But I'm still wanting to answer my question, right. Jason. <laughs> but do you we like the idea well, of the selling the president? Look, yeah, yeah. Look,
4: Democrats talked about vote for Joe Biden because he's nice. You know that's what that's what. Other than you know it being really boring and like a funeral, I watched that whole thing. A lot of people criticize me. How can you watch that? me a political nerd, but I watched it and it, it, it was boring. All right, both both sides are doing that. They they're a nice guy. You know who cares? Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. So, Jackie, quickly, quickly, quickly on Kevin's question. But then, Theron, I want to ask you about Jason's comment about the uh, crime bill uh, that Joe Biden was involved with. But, Jackie, quick.
0: Back back to Kevin's question. I think it is a good I think it is a good strategy. I think um, for you to dismiss um, what Kellyanne and, uh, you know, what she said out of hand without really discussing, I think people need to see it. She's very articulate. She's a very strong woman. She's very smart and she is tough in a room. I've seen her. So for her to talk about being able to have a great relationship with President Trump, I think carries weight. I think it's a very good strategy. It's not to convince people that have already made up their minds about him. But for those who are wondering, I think it makes a difference.
1: All right. So, uh, Theron, Jason just said something very interesting. He brought up what was the 1994 crime bill. He was deeply uh, – Joe Biden was, in fact, uh, uh, one of the main uh, uh, supporters of that measure. He promoted it heavily, and it was very tough – primarily on African-American men, largely, who were sentenced uh, uh, much more uh, egregiously for crimes they'd committed. But here's what's interesting about that. How are Republicans going to have it both ways in the weeks ahead? Jason just uh, compared that 1994 bill to the reforms that President Trump signed into effect last year, which was a good thing but they're also going to talk about Joe Biden as a radical who supports rioters in the street. I mean, you can't have it both ways.
3: And that's exactly right, Bill. For the sake of time, you know, listen, former Vice President Biden has come out and talked extensively about how he understands how it made black Americans feel about the crime bill. And he's apologized and he's talked openly about it. Right. And he's, he understands that that was something that, at the time that it wasn't the, you know, probably the right thing to do, but in his eyes at the time he thought it was. And so now we move forward to 2020, and that is that he's not only talking about reform, he's actually saying, you know, we've got to really look at this um, from sort of inside out. And so to your point, instead of, you know, he's not out here calling these protesters rioters, right? This, This is what I think Jason and other Republicans are doing. And, and and the thing is is that we're trying in the Democratic Party, we're trying to bring people together. We're pushing back on this notion around defunding. And so I think ultimately, if you look at criminal justice reform, yes, Governor Deal and President Trump in 2018 and 20 finally started to talk about criminal justice reform because Jason and Jackie know that was basically nothing that Republicans ever wanted to talk about until Governor Deal did that, right? So while they're where we, we Democrats, we welcome them to the criminal justice reform party. Thank you for finally coming along. But it has been Democrats all over the country that has been fighting day in and day out for true criminal criminal justice reform. And then, more importantly, we also got to deal with the law, the order, law and order. But we also got to understand that in order, it takes the governing body of this country, which is the President of the United States of America, to not incite what's going on, but to really try to bring people together and bring us to a point where we can heal and figure out how do we move forward. And so that's sort of the difference Jackie in the messaging Th- with Republicans and Democrats. So,
0: okay. So, I think so
1: Jackie Thurn makes a very important point that Republicans deserve credit. Governor Deal for his crime reform bill, the president for his. I, I'm, But I want to go back for a second to this notion. Joe Biden, the 1994 Joe Biden is either too tough on Uh, especially African-Americans, or uh, the 2020 Joe Biden, too soft on uh, 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 African-Americans who may be involved in crime?
0: I think actually both could be true because Joe Biden has a very long um, history in politics, right? And the fact is, Joe Biden, the one thing we do know that he is, is he is smart in terms of political maneuvering. And he's going to be whatever Joe Biden he needs to be to win the presidency of the United States from his perspective. So, I mean, I think that's what you have to look at. It's, it's a, he's a political operator that's figuring out where I need to stand right now. it's um, interesting, is if you look at you know Clinton, President Bill Clinton, went for welfare reform, George W. Bush was, you know the the you know the, the conservative who was right also was compassionate. Obama was the unifier. You know Trump is the pot. You know is the person to make America great again. And Biden is running really against a, for this like return to normal. Like I'm not Trump. So it's really interesting. He's kind of positioned himself as. You know, I'm not Trump. I should be your president. But in the same time, I think there's a lot of concern with his um, selection of a running mate because, um, you know, Senator Harris is the most um, radical in terms of a voting record, most liberal senator in the U.S. Senate. So I think there is a lot of concern from that perspective as well.
1: All right. Thank you. we got to get to our final break, and we have a few minutes to wrap things up when we come back on this animated edition of Political Rewind. We're back on Political Rewind. Just a quick program note. Uh, Tomorrow we're bringing back the panel that we had on last Friday to uh, take a look at how last week the Democratic Convention unfolded, the messaging they got out. And tomorrow we'll have them back again. Uh, Jim Galloway, of course, the lead political writer for the AJC, Dr. Andra Gillespie from Emory, uh, syndicated columnist Patricia Murphy and Robert Costa, host of Washington Week on PBS and Uh, national political writer for the Washington Post. So they're always a terrific uh, panel. Uh, Kevin Riley with the time. Jason, did you want to jump in? Did I I see you? I
4: just wanted to clarify something real quick, because I think I heard from you, Bill, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, you said that Republicans can't have it both ways, you know, be uh, uh, tough on crime or, or say that there shouldn't be riots and at the same time have some sort of criminal justice reform or, or reform of police reform. I think you can. I think most people would agree with, that you can. And and look, uh, I don't know what Aaron's talking about with this. I mean, if, if, if a building is burning down because somebody burned it down, okay, that would be rioting, or at least arson, right? You know, if, if you're breaking things and actually, you know, committing crimes during your protest, that would be rioting. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. That seems. To yeah, be but the problem likely. is, Jason, okay.
3: you 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 failed to make a distinction. I hope you want. Yes, you did, and well, you failed mm. to basically acknowledge the peaceful protesters. You cannot be law and order as Republicans and ignore the fact that two peaceful I've protesters peaceful were murdered. I, I'm just. Yeah. Yeah, I just I think you don't you get, get it, okay. Brother. Okay. but it's okay, okay though. And by, by the way, way um, Jason, right. I've been to DC recently. And those boarded buildings you're talking about for our listeners, those buildings just did get boarded up, right? I've, I've been to D.C. multiple times with the right. I mean, those I'm watching buildings them have been boarded up
4: months ago when the all right, when uh, the
2: protesters are All
1: right. All right. Uh, all right. All right. I, right. I, I got <laughs> to get pictures, I, I, I promise Thank you. What's going on? All right. Thank you. Thank you. We've got very little time left today. Uh, Jason, you go first. You got about 30 seconds. And Jackie, you too, Theron, and Kevin, all of you. President Trump, Big speech tonight. Jason, the question is not what do you think Republicans need to hear from the president. The question is, what should the president say that would attract undecided voters and those who may be waffling on whether they want to vote for him again? What, what are th- What's that message? I
4: think you should just, well, first of all, I don't think he should go off script, okay? Um, I think he
1: should... Uh,
4: <laughs> Well, I'm just keeping it real he, he should he should stay on script, he should follow the teleprompter, and when he does that, he can deliver some really amazing speeches and I think he can talk about the his accomplishments and talk about things like the first step act and talk about all the money that, that, that i think there was a seventeen percent increase even that they've gone to h b c u s and a big theme of this is what he's done for the black community and 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 I've really enjoyed throughout this all of the not these polished speeches by politicians. What I've enjoyed, enjoyed are these other folks that that have real stories to tell. Not not the politicians don't, but you know what I'm saying. All
1: right, Jackie, uh, your last comments. What again? Not to reach his base, but to reach beyond his base. What would you like to hear the president emphasize tonight?
0: Well, I like for him to talk again. I think I think it'll be a very good speech. Um, I know several of his speechwriters. I know they've been working really hard, but. I think he needs to talk about what we can do together as Americans when we come together. We need some optimism and hope. We need to know that we can be better together and that we're while we're not a perfect nation, we can become more perfect together. And, and that he has that vision for us as a nation.
1: Theron, I know you don't want to give uh, advice to the other side. You get, you know, you're a political consultant, but go ahead. Give <laughs> me some free advice.
3: <laughs> Listen, I would love for this president to come out and acknowledge that people are dying from this deadly pandemic. I would want him to come out and show some leadership and work with governors and mayors and school boards all across the U.S. to make sure that parents are not terrified about sending their children back to school and that teachers feel like they have the support that they need in order to teach our children. And then the last thing is I would love for him to acknowledge what the NBA teams and the WNBA teams and the NLB teams are doing by postponing their games this week because of the shooting of Jacob Blake. And I think that would be a great opportunity for him to acknowledge what these role models and these athletes are doing to really highlight what's going on in our country and using their voice.
1: Theron, thank you for mentioning that. Kevin Riley, I know this is a subject that's of great interest to you. We really have never seen anything quite like what we saw yesterday when the NBA players all said we are not going to play our games because we have to protest the uh, police shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It was a pretty remarkable uh, stand to take and tells us a lot about how, uh, how, how African Americans in this country are worried about police shootings.
2: Kevin? I do think it's, a, it's an incredibly strong statement and um, obviously will inspire strong feelings uh, no matter where people are. But what's so unique about what happened yesterday is normally these kind of protests are very individual. Uh, For example, Muhammad Ali uh, in the Vietnam War giving up four crucial years of his career to, to make a statement. But in team sports, where whole teams have agreed to do something like this, extremely rare.
1: At the same moment, Jason, there are going to be people out there. Uh, many sports fans who are going to say, "Why do they have to inject politics into sports?" Jason.
4: Yeah, and I'm probably one of them. I, I you know, I'm a big sports fan, and and I, uh, especially football, and and I real, and even with even with Hollywood folks. I mean, I just wish people would do their thing and and try not to, you know, the not to say they can't, but. Sometimes I just don't want to hear from the football player. I just want to see him play football or the basketball player.
1: Kevin, you're going, to, you're going to get a quick last word.
2: I would reflect on one of the great moments in Atlanta history when Muhammad Ali lit the Olympic torch. A man who, again, gave up the most lucrative period in his boxing career over a principle. Politics has always had a place
1: in sports because of the nature of American popular culture. Amen, Kevin. Kevin Riley. Kevin, you get the last word in today's show. So thank you, Kevin, for uh, being with us. Theron Johnson, uh, a father who gets very little sleep. You're still on your game, Theron. You may not get a lot of sleep. Jackie Cushman, a new empty nester. You're on your game, even though your heart is probably aching just a little bit. And Jason Thompson up there in Washington, D.C., we uh, hope you have a... uh, A very powerful evening sitting at the South Lawn of the White House tonight watching President Trump give his acceptance speech. We'll talk about that speech and much more on Political Rewind tomorrow. And then next week, we're going to take on subjects beyond just partisan politics because we know you want to hear us talk about other news as well. And we're already planning shows to do that. I'm Bill Nygut. See you again tomorrow. In the meantime, take care and please stay healthy.